This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the ATP tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley, and as per usual, I'm joined by a senior tennis handicapper for Because We Win, Sean Calvert. Now, Sean has had a week off. Um, I'm sure Leighton well, been taking you to adventure parks. You would have been judo, taekwondo, you would have been rugby. But we're going to give and you a bit Davis of... Cup as well. You've got to keep your eyes on the Davis Cup. Da- da- Davis Cup as well. But obviously now we've no got weeks three. Off. There's no weeks off in tennis. Never, never three. But we've got three big tournaments now with the ATP Tour is back. Three tournaments, three ATP Tour 250 events. Uh, but first mm-hmm. of all, how are you, mate? How are you? How was your week? All right, actually. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, as I say, the Davis Cup is is a bit of a tricky one because there's so much going on so many different time zones on different surfaces and then you've got to relate it all to this week which we'll come on to in a minute so yeah um not as not as busy a week obviously with no atp action but still plenty to keep me occupied with regards to at uh, the davis cup do you, mm. do you do you think a lot of these players really care it's like it's, it's like international break in in football really you know is it something you look at the form or something that's from a handicapping perspective do you think you look at the form and think you know they're important results or not important results. I think, it, de- it, I think it depends on, on who, which player we're talking about, what the circumstances are. Maybe if a player's coming back from injury like a Zverev, you might look at his results and think, okay, he's played pretty well in one of the matches, still got work to do. Um, it just depends on the situation. Some of the players just, like Kyrgios is a, is a prime example. Some of them just love playing in that team atmosphere and they, they thrive on it much more than they would if it was just them on their own on the tour. Uh, so it just depends, uh, and it, but particularly with relation to this week, you know, the matches as we speak at the moment are still going on in some parts of the world, you know, and those players have, are scheduled to be um, sometimes, you know, a thousand miles away within the space of a day or two. So there's there's fatigue uh, and switching services to, to to take into account as well. So there's a lot to think about. And also, they're coming back to an ATP Tour 250 event <laughs> where a lot of them there's no money in it. Not the motivation's going to be questionable. For all these people, you know, with, yeah, there's the a lot of stuff of to bear in mind. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's an interesting week when you think about it. You know, people coming in the back of a, the first major of the year at Davis Cup week and then going into low level events. And obviously, there's three tournaments all across the continent. The first one we're going to talk about is the ATP Tour event in Dallas this week. Um, before we look at yeah. the outright odds, what do mm-hmm. you, what, what, you know, I'm looking at the previous winners here. It's the only indoor tournament in America. Uh, Americans mm. have done relatively well in it as well. And just by looking at the previous list of winners, you can imagine big servers have an advantage here. Um, give us a give us your thoughts on the on the tournament and what what kind of uh, conditions we will expect in Dallas this week. Yeah, it's only been played once. Um, it took over from the New York Open. It took the um, the franchise over from there. Um, it's only been played once, but the the, the conditions are, are very clear. You know, it's uh, it's got a slight altitude, one hundred and seventy five meters, not huge, but a hint of altitude. 
and it's quick. Um, you know, last last year it's only been played once, so we've only got one year statistics to go on. Um, but there was eighty seven percent holds a serve here last year, and seventy seven percent first serve points won. Which, if you compare it to something like Stuttgart, which is very very quick on early slick grass, that it's almost it's almost identical. So from from a, a conditions point of view, you'd say very very quick. Um, John Essner described it as a as a surface that's perfect for big servers. It was won by Riley Opelka last year. So um, you would have to suggest that it, it suits the uh, the big servers. And the big servers dominate the betting. If you look at the betting, Taylor Fritz is uh, plus three dollars. Francis TFO plus four fifty. Then Shapovalov uh, plus five fifty. Kate Manovich, uh, someone who's been very popular on this uh, podcast over the years, is plus nine dollars. JJ Wolf, who had a good US Open, is fourteen hundred. And John Nisner is fourteen hundred. And then you've got Mackenzie McDonald at eighteen hundred, had a good win at the Australian Open, and and Adrian Manorino at eighteen hundred. Um, mm. Taylor Fritz is obviously the favourite. He was our pick, more well, my pick, uh, to do well in the Australian Open. Pretty disappointed in his performance in the second round, lost against Popperin. Uh, yeah. certainly be fading him at three dollars. Francis Tierfro at plus 450 looks vulnerable. The draw itself is dominated by American players. There's 12 already into the main draw. A lot of probably qualifiers coming through are going to be Americans as well. Um, American tennis is in good shape at the moment, isn't it? After the Australian yeah. Open. Um, yeah. do you think we're going to have a home base winner here? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, uh, just on the on the basis that most of the favourites are American, uh, and you would assume the highest motivation to do well would be from the, coming from the American players. Um, but there's, there's several players. We're perhaps going to go through the ones in each tournament that are coming off Davis Cup duty because I think it's important. Some of these players are coming from some way away. Um, the most the most stark change in conditions is is Sung, who's coming from 2,600 meters of altitude on clay in Mexico to play here. So. <laughs> Now, he wasn't going to win the tournament anyway, but it's just an example of... And he runs sometimes, into John Isner in the first round. And he's got John Isner in the first yeah. round. So he's gone from playing on clay in Mexico at 2,600 metres where they use these no-pressure alt- uh, no altitude balls to play in John Isner on indoor hard. So, yeah, tricky one for him. And there's there's several others. Kikmanovic was on Davis Cup duty. Adrian Manorino has got to come from a slow indoor hard conditions in um, in Hungary. Uh, Mackenzie McDonald, who you just mentioned, played in Davis Cup for the States. Uh in Uzbekistan. Um, Oscar Ote has come from Germany. Dennis Kudler was also in Uzbekistan. Um, so there's, there's quite a few players that are making a decent-sized journey for this particular tournament. I haven't actually managed to pick out a, an outright that I really, really fancy. I mean, it's, it's it's early days. We haven't got all the prices in yet anyway. Um, the one I was kind of thinking about was was Wolf, but it's not it's not strong enough for me to have a bet, really. I'm not I'm not taking an outright here at this at this stage. It's funny that because I actually had Wolf to make the final. I I I, I thought you know Fritz p- potentially could win it if he wanted to win it, and, and I thought Wolf was the value. But at fourteen hundred, I probably want a little bit more value than that uh, in the price. Played a lot of tennis in recent weeks, and uh, obviously mm-hmm. he let me down in the tournament before the Australian Open. So I, Auckland, yeah, I, I've 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 run out of love with Wolf, but. Uh, Wolf was a lean at fourteen hundred, but there is a couple of matches that you like him. We've got two matches yeah. that we want to talk about. We've got Steve Johnson up against Adrian Manorino, and we have Oscar Otto against Christopher Eubanks. Um, take it mm. away. Uh, Adrian Manorino is minus two twenty five. Steve Johnson is plus one seventy five. Uh, Eubanks is a minus one forty eight favorite, and Oscar Otto is plus one twenty. But I know you're coming at it from a couple of different angles. 
Yeah, I think this, this is obviously tennis is about matchups, isn't it? A lot of the time, and I just think this one for for Manorino against against Johnson is is not one that he relishes. You know, Manorino said many times uh, over the years that he finds facing big servers to be boring. He likes a challenge. He likes a more a bit of a chess match on the court. He just says it's boring. He says I hate it, and a lot of the time he just can't be doing with it. So if you if you can imagine, he's just come from a decent win on Davis Cup in the Davis Cup, should I say? Uh, in Hungary, quite a slow indoor hard court there by all accounts. He's now got to make a, a substantial journey across um, to Dallas to face a guy who he's played seven times and he's lost five times. He did manage to beat Johnson here in Dallas actually a year ago, um, but it was in a final set tiebreak. If you look at the stats of the head-to-head series, the seven matches, it, it favours Johnson in pretty much all categories. Um, he's won uh, more service points on on first serve and second serve and he's won more return points so his combined total is 103.7 against 96.3 for Manorino um there's very little to be encouraged about if you're a, if you're a Manorino backer at a price I think he's about 1.45 uh to win this match and under the circumstances he might well win the match but you've got to be leaning towards Johnson based on the fact that he's ahead in all categories of the data of their seven meetings. The bet I've gone for here, um, Johnson's actually won the first set in this uh, matchup six times out of seven. And he's a 2.5 plus 145 shot to do it again. So that's the bet I've taken here. But I just think Marino's too short. He's too short anyway, even if you don't take into account all the travelling. But he's, as I say, he's, he's not going to be enthused about this matchup when, he's, when his manager tells him he's playing Steve Johnson in the first round of Dallas. He's got like a seven-hour flight to get there or whatever it is, 10-hour flight, however long it takes. And he's got to play Johnson. Just a, It just looks very, very short for me on Manorino, this. I think Manorino is one of these players that I always have... Um, it just I, I don't like betting him. I just never like betting him. Even, even you know, when, when the case looks clear. I know you've, we've, we've bet him a couple of times in some matches. Yeah, I, I've bet him quite often, Manorino. I find him quite easy to kind of... Not easy, but one of the more straightforward ones to kind of figure out. He does put in some strange performances sometimes but he has a, he definitely has patterns to to his results i remember him playing kekmanovic a few years back and he beat kekmanovic and i bet him that game and um it was one of the only times i ever got him right he just one of them players that i just i did i can never read him i can never read him but anyway uh we're going to go for a bad day for manorino at the office and steve johnson to win the first set is the bet with sean here and atb tour event in Dallas is 250 event. The other bet you like is Oscar Otto against Christopher Eubanks and it's not on the money yeah. line, it's not on the handicap. You've got a, a little way of looking at this game. How, how do you see this game going? Yeah, I just think this has got tie breaks written all over it, this. Most Eubanks matches do uh, and Otto obviously being a strong server as well. Uh, in very quick conditions, hint of altitude, as I said, um, you know, 77% first serve points, 187% holds of service last year. Um, Otto is coming from the Davis Cup um, with Germany lost. I think he lost as well to, to Husler in the Davis Cup. So he's perhaps not going to be in the best of uh, spirits, which is probably why Eubanks is favourite. Um, but this is just about the, the fact that both of them have poor return games. Um, Eubanks, he's only broken serve 10% of the time on hard courts and grass at main level over the past 12 months. It's nowhere near enough. Uh, he's only won 30% of the of the return points. These are sort of Isner type statistics. And Otte's barely any better. Uh, 13.5% breaks are served, 32% return points won. This is, these are two guys that serve very strongly, don't return very well. 
And to my mind, that on, in quick conditions, that, that just adds up to tie breaks. And a minus 109, 1.92 about a tie break in this match. I think that's decent value. Yeah, minus 109, a tie break in the match in Oscar Otto against Christopher Eubanks. I think the games in this match also look quite tempting. They're probably pitching around about 23 and a half. We're waiting for some lines to be released. Uh, but bearing in mind, this tournament is going to be quite fast. Court, court conditions are going to be fast. I think we can have a lot of overs and a lot of interesting think, matches as the saw gets going again. Sorry, Sean. So I was just going to say that I think the, the problem I have with backing back over games this particular week is because of the, the thing we mentioned earlier about them coming from Davis Cup. Sometimes they just can't be bothered. Sometimes they just think, oh, you know, I've, I've put my heart on the line for Davis Cup. And, you know, it really means a lot to me. And, you know, we've we've, we've won or we've lost or, you know, and they, and they just can't be bothered in, in these these tournaments the week after the Davis Cup so that that's you sometimes see some half-hearted performances and that that does put me off some of the over games markets but with these two you you would certainly expect uh fairly easy holds to serve and not much action on return okay we're moving across the continent to South America we're going to Cordoba in Argentina where we have a clay event the ATB Tour clay 250 event a lot of big opportunity for a lot of players who didn't really perform very well at the Australian Open in the hardcore season before. So this is they're coming into their kind of part of the season, which they like. Um, no surprise that the market is dominated by some Argentinian players. Argentinians have won it twice in the last five years. Uh, last year it was run by Ramos Vinolas uh, in Cordoba. Uh, Cordoba, I expect it to be very slow, but what are the conditions are going to be like, Sean, over in Argentina? Well, it's clay, but it, there is a bit of altitude around. It's 428 metres of altitude. Not not a huge amount, but enough to make it a decent pace. Um, the thing here is that I mean, it's it's the first clay court event of the season for, for a lot of players. Like some of them have played challengers. A few will have played Davis Cup on clay, but for, for a lot, it's the first clay match. Uh, sorry, clay tournament of the season. So you do tend to get quite a lot of uh, decent price winners. It's, it averages 45%. Uh, underdog winners in the four editions that it's been on the tour so far, which is extremely high. Um, you know, it's almost half the underdogs are winning, which is which is great for for underdog backers such as myself. So I always I always enjoy uh, the challenge of Cordoba because it, it the, the rewards are certainly there. Um, in terms of court pace, seventy four percent holds of serve, sixty six point eight percent first serves one, which is puts it in the bottom five in terms of first serve points one. Um, but because it's at altitude, there's a few more tie breaks than normal for about 36%, which is roughly similar to Rome and I think 1% fewer than Madrid. Um, so it's it does feature quite a few tie breaks because of the altitude. But um, yeah, it's one of my favourite events of the season to try and sort of get my teeth into this one. Well, let's have a look at the betting on it. Uh, the market is dominated again by Spanish and Argentinian players. All eight seeds are either Spanish or Argentinian. Uh, Diego Schwartzman is the favourite at plus $4. I couldn't bet him with anyone's money at plus $4. I think he's coming to the end of his career. Sebastian Mays, who's done us some big favours last season, but uh, at $5... Very low. Francisco Sarandulo mm. plus 550. The defending champion, uh, Alberto Ramos Vinolas is plus 650. Tabilo is 1200. And Christian Garing at 1400. We go further down, 1600. Courier, 1600. Juan, uh, Juan Manuel Sarandulo and Diego uh, Montero at 1800. Um, mm. Not the, the best of fields. You know, you've got, you've got some good players. And you talk about underdogs. Um, 
I'm guessing you you're great looking, winners here. Sorry, I'm mate. guessing you're looking for some value outside those those market yeah, leaders. Definitely. I mean, we've had two hundred to one winners in the four the four editions of um, of Cordoba so far, both of which were Argentinian qualifiers, Londero and uh, Serendolo, Juan Manuel Serendolo. That is. Um, so you, you, you've, it's also the first, obviously, clay event of the season, isn't it? So the fact that those two qualifiers have won it before suggests that the qualifiers have got a decent chance. They've, you know, they've got the clay under their shoes, early doors, uh, while a lot of the other guys, some of them are coming from Davis Cup. And again, here, we've got quite a few players that are coming from Davis Cup. And I'm happy to take on all four of the top four seeds here. Um, I'll explain why. Schwartzman, as you said, uh, it doesn't look the force of old in any case, but he said many times that he doesn't like playing at altitude, you know, it bounces up too high for him. He's not, he's not keen. He, he doesn't enjoy it. He's never won this tournament. He's made the final once, but he's never won it. Never played his best tennis here. And the other thing to bear in mind is that Buenos Aires follows the hot on the heels of this tournament. And a, a lot of the players prefer the, the much slower conditions at sea level in, in Buenos Aires than the altitude here uh, in Cordoba. So I'm happy to take Schwartzman on the basis that a, he looks like, as I say, doesn't look the player of old, and B, he doesn't like altitude. Uh, Baez, I'm happy to take on because he's, he's he's just had absolutely no form at all, has he? Since that memorable day in Borstad last year when we had Serendolo and and Baez in the final, he's won one match since then out of eighteen. So he's, that was July. So again, he he would he's another one from Buenos Aires. Schwartzman is also from Buenos Aires. So both these two. I think would prefer the conditions and the atmosphere at Buenos Aires uh, next week, which you could also say the same about Francisco Serendolo. However, he's currently playing in, uh, I think it's Finland. Uh, at da- it is Finland uh, at Davis Cup on a pretty quick, low bouncing indoor hard court. So he's got to come from, from Finland to Cordoba. Wow. And his home tournament is next week in Buenos Aires. So I don't think it's controversial to suggest that he might save his best tennis for Buenos yeah. Aires. Uh, Ramos, uh, as you said, he's got a great record. He's won it and he's also made the final. But, but on both occasions, he was around about 14 to 1 and, and 16 to 1. And now he's kind of half that price, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And at 35 years of age, I just think that's that's just too short. Um, so I'm taking two here. In in the top half, I'm taking uh, Juan, Manda- Juan Manuel Sarandola, who's won this tournament before. He won it as a qualifier. Uh, a couple of years ago. So he's he's never actually lost here. He's 8-0 uh, at this particular tournament. He's also got a, a fabulous record, if I can find it. Uh, here it is. In Argentina, he's won 28 of his last 31 matches in Argentina. He won, he's won back-to-back challenger titles in Tigre in Argentina already this season. So he's he's in good form. He's, he obviously enjoys the condi- conditions at this tournament because he's won it before. Has a great record playing at home. Uh, twenty-two to one. I've taken on on um, on Serendolo each way. He, he'll probably have to play Schwartzman, but I'm not. I'm not that worried. This is worried about that. This isn't peak Schwartzman, is it anymore? Um, he looks a bit. I don't know whether he'll he'll get back his old energy, but he looks a bit flat these days. And as I say, he's not keen on altitude anyway. So, and, and there's other players in this top half of the draw that are similarly. Um, struggling to, in terms of the fact that they played Davis Cup this week. Kashin is also in that Davis Cup squad in Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have we got in the top half there? Uh, not, not, not in the top Pella, half, but Pella, back, Pella. Uh, he's not playing Davis Cup, but he's, he's barely played in the last two, yeah. two years. He's had awful lot of injury problems. I can't imagine he'll be 
he'll be winning this title. Korean, um, he's in the bottom half, isn't he? Yeah, he's not playing Davis Cup. The Bagnis is playing. Bagnis is playing at the moment, actually, even as we speak in Davis Cup. Montero is in Davis Cup. Tabolo is in Davis Cup. Uh, Charles Sosa is, and so is Garin. Um, so a lot of these guys, you'd have to check, you know, what they've done and, and where they're coming from because these matches in Davis Cup are ongoing. Garin, Garin hasn't even played his um, his second Davis Cup rugby yet. He's supposed to play at some some point today, but he's got to go from sea level where he's playing in Chile to. 400 and odd metres of altitude in Cordoba. So there's problems for him as well. So the top half, I've gone for Serendolo, as I say. The bottom half, um, I'm taking a bit of a chance here on Thomas Martin Echeverry, 28 to 1. This is another Argentinian player. I'm always keen to have Argentinian players on my side in, in these couple of weeks, um, Cordoba and Buenos Aires. Echeverry, I, I like what I saw from him in, in um, Australia. He looked to have added a little bit of pop to his serve and the forehand. He, it's never going to be. He's never going to be a decent hard court player. He's, he's always going to be a clay court guy. It all happens too fast for him on hard courts. But he held his own. He beat Barrera, um at the Australian Open. Played really well against Kubler as well. And he just lost to him. He was outclassed after that by Sinner. Was you no know, no disgrace there. That was always going to happen. But I like what I saw from him, and I quite like his draw. He's got Sosa in the first round, who, as I say, is playing Davis Cup in Portugal. Um, then he's got the winner of Garin Martinez, which isn't. You know, Garin's not the player he was, certainly not at the moment. Um, so that wouldn't worry me. Then he's got Ramos, who he should have beaten here in Cordoba in 2021, actually. He was a set and 5-1 up, Echeverri. So, sorry, a set and 5-1 up in the second set tiebreak against Ramos. Also had a couple of match points for a straight sets win, couldn't get it done. Um, two years on, I like his chances of overturning that against Ramos. And then, as I say, that that fourth quarter, I was quite strongly toying with the idea of Corey because he's played well so far this season, won a challenger in Concepcion. Um, but I prefer him in slower conditions. I'd prefer him next week in Buenos Aires rather than this week. So I've, I've decided to go for Echeverri um, on the basis of price and on the basis of what I saw in Australia. And I just don't think Francisco Serendolo is going to be at it this week. I, I think he's going to save himself for next week in Buenos Aires. Yeah, Juan Manuel Sarandulo is the pick for Sean. Uh, he's already the, the Calvert money's on. He gets the value early, plus twenty two hundred. He got uh, <laughs> currently plus sixteen hundred with Bet Rivers. Echeverry's not in the list or not in the graphic. Um, what price did you get Echeverry? Uh, twenty eight to one. So plus two thousand eight hundred for Echeverry. There's two nice outsiders there, and in that you know the Argentinians are doing so dominantly in these tournaments as well. And keep them on your side. There's two nice price and some brilliant reasons why he should be fading. The market leaders there, the travelling is going to be huge usually this week, and we're going to come on to the final tournament in a minute and talk about that. You've got two matches that you like here as well. You want to talk about uh, Christian Garin, we've mentioned against Pedro Martinez, and mm. Chichenato against Bagnis. Um, what do you like in these games? Yeah, I just think Garin is is much, much too short as his favourite here against um, against Martinez. He, he, as I say, he's playing Davis Cup. He got absolutely clobbered in his first Davis Cup rubber on, I think it was yesterday, Saturday or Friday or Saturday, um, by Timofey uh, Skatov, absolutely crushed him. Garin won three second serve points all match. Um, you know, he was absolutely nowhere near. He should have a better time of it today. He's playing against Bublik on clay, which you, you would expect Garin to win, but everything we've seen from Garin recently, I wouldn't be that confident on him winning that match. Plus, obviously, he's got that long journey. He's playing in La Serena in Chile, which is at sea level. Uh, and it's a thousand kilometers away from from Cordoba. So he's got to make that journey. Not only that, but if we take the the main level clay court statistics from the last twelve months, 
uh, it's Martinez that, that has the edge. His service points one and return points one total is 100, uh, whereas Garen's only on 98.8. And he only won, Garen only won 46% of his second serve points uh, on clay last year. It's, It's just not good enough. He's just not. He's just not the player he was a couple of years ago. You know, he's had a few injury problems, uh, changed his racket. All, all sorts of things have happened to him in the last year or two. And he just doesn't show the level at the minute that that we've seen from him in the past. Um, Martinez has also won a tournament at a higher altitude than this, actually. He won Santiago last year at um, just over 800 metres. So he can play at altitude. He should be the player that's better prepared. He, I'm assuming he's been in, in Cordoba for a little while. Uh, whereas Garen is obviously in, in Chile. Um, and uh, Martinez won their last match. I, the, I think the prize is based on the fact that Garen has a 3-1 head-to-head. Um, and Garen has also won this tournament in the past. But all these things were a couple of years ago. They're not They're not current now. Martinez actually won their most recent meeting, which was on slow outdoor hard in Miami. Uh, and he was two sets to one up in the meeting before that, which was Australian Open. Garen ended up winning that in five um, a couple of years ago. But... I just think this this is being priced on what Garen has done, and he, he hasn't produced anything like that recently. And I'm happy to take him on here. There you go. And the other game we've got uh, back Bagnis against Chechenato. Um, we're taking on Garen in the match. Uh, I'm I'm suggest I'm thinking we will be possibly fading another favourite here, Sean. Yeah, I'm not having a bet in this, but it's it's one for discussion because it's really interesting. Um, Bagnis is playing Davis Cup right now as we speak on a, a, a sort of slick, low-bouncing indoor hardcore uh, in Finland. So he's, and he's got to come all the way to Cordoba in a very, very short space of time. But he's got he's got a great record against Cecchinato. He's, he's beaten him all three times he's played him. Uh, Cecchinato doesn't, doesn't like that backhand of his being peppered, which which Bagnus will do, and any, any left-hander will do, really. Uh, Cecchinato has lost nine of his last 11. Uh, against left-handers and he has a much poorer career record on clay against left-handers than he does against right-handers. Um, he's won, checking out he's won 49% against right-handers on clay at main level in his career. Only, sorry, 47% and only 39% against left-handers. He clearly has a problem against left-handers. It's a good matchup for Bagnus. Bagnus is favourite, but he's got to come from Finland where he's been playing on uh, indoor hard and he's another one who's obviously got Buenos Aires next week. So, Interesting one. Cecchinato should be the one again, much better prepared. Um, it's 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 an interesting one for discussion. I think. Uh, I think under normal circumstances, I, I wouldn't be interested in in Cecchinato in this particular matchup. But will the Davis Cup factor rear its head again? Quite possibly. Huge. These are these are great insights, Sean, on the on the travelling for these players from the Davis Cup. So there's not no other podcast is doing, and nobody else is breaking it down in this depth. Uh, Chicanato is plus 110. Check the Bet Rivers website. They've got about 45 different markets on the game. You better bet Chicanato with a handicap start, or if you don't think you're going to get through, and the home crowd will get Bagnus through. But even even if he gets through the match, that traveling will take its toll uh, on him at some stage, even if it's round two or round three. It's a long old journey, that, isn't it? Yeah, Finland, it's a long uh, old journey. Cordoba. Uh, we're gonna long our journey. We're gonna go. We're gonna go from Cordoba all the way to Montpellier. Um, the, the right. Montpellier football team didn't do me any favors today. I bet the over two and a half. They, one, one, they scored in the first minute, one nil. Had a player sent off, and only managed to win two nil, which didn't do me any favors. And this tournament here is not doing us any favors anyway. Uh, it's quite a difficult mm. one for the reasons we spoke about. 
There is odds available. I'll give you the outright markets in Montpellier. Yannick Sinner is the favourite at three dollars. Holger Runa is plus three thirty-three. Roberto Batista a good is eight dollars. Uh, Koric is ten uh, one thousand plus one thousand. Hugo Umber plus two thousand. Uh, Krajanovic is plus two thousand. Sonigo is two thousand as well. Um, mm. I think the, the 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 betting here. I think you'll find it very hard to look at a win, find a winner. I'm looking at the draw, thinking Holkaruna. Is he going to be up for this challenge? I don't know. Uh, Yannick Sinner, question marks about him as well. Um, you haven't got an official play, uh, but you've got mm. some words of caution. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this this tournament? Yeah, it's it's always one that's well, always most of the time it's one that's won by one of the top five market favourites. The only exception was last year when Bublik won it at 30, uh, 30 to one. Eight French, he... eight French uh, players have won it in the last. 12 years very good for home uh home players as well but there's not really much yeah, well, french they, talent in this draw well they I think they had a few better players in, in those yeah. days didn't they than 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 they have at the minute um it's not particularly quick uh green set indoor hard court it's not averaged more than 79% holds in the last six editions um so the average is is 79% which is not quick at all by indoor hard standards it's pretty average uh, paced court first serve points 172.7 percent 43 percent of the matches have featured tie break a lot of players here have played davis cup i'll quickly go through him holger rune uh borna chorich public is the interesting one who's got to come from chile where he still hasn't finished playing uh to defend his title in montpellier on on an indoor hard so uh, a very a difficult task for public there which is which is incidentally why he's been made underdog against barrera in the first round i was hoping that Public was going to be favourite for that, but the bookies, I think, are wise to what's going on. Uh, Rusevoir is playing Davis Cup, so is Bonzi, Huesler, Krajinovic, Mikhail Ima, Linda Kanesh, Fuksovic. All these guys have played Davis Cup. None of them are switching surfaces, though, apart from Bublik. They all have played on indoor hard. It won't be the same conditions as, they, as they're encountering Montpellier, but and it would probably be different balls. Um, but at least it's not a different surface. So all those guys have, have played. Uh, Davis Cup and they're coming to Montpellier with various levels of motivation various levels of fatigue depending on what they've done in Davis Cup so I think it's a, I think it's a difficult one it's, it's it's never a tournament for me that has, has attracted that much of my betting interest purely on the basis that it's normally won by one of the favourites and you would think looking at this field looking at this draw you would think that Sinner um, Chorich Rune you know Bautista are good you would that therefore Quite strong favourites. I don't. I, I can't see any real reason for taking those four on with anybody else in the field. Nothing particularly stands out um, to me in terms of taking on those top four guys. Sometimes it's best not to have a bet on tournaments like this. You don't. You don't necessarily have to mm. have a pick. You don't have to find the pick, and that's what we're doing here. I much prefer Cordoba. I think the options are, are, are much more plentiful in Cordoba than than yeah. they are in Montpellier. So there you have it. There's three tournaments this week, but we've only got picks on two of them. We've got picks in Dallas and we've got picks in Cordoba. Montpellier, we are swerving. I wish I swerved Montpellier on the over two and a half goals. That's the one thing I wish <laughs> I did. But uh, anyway, with some nice, really good, really good insights there on the, on the games and, and the travelling these players have gone through. So that's really, really good. ATP Tour is obviously back, which means... Game bet match is going to be uh, very, very busy over the next few days. Uh, we've got three tournaments. Myself and Sean will be back on Tuesday. Uh, we've got James Blake on Wednesday and myself and Sean again on Thursday. And of tomorrow, uh, Roy Girani will be joining us looking at the WTA Tour events in Austria and Abu Dhabi. And hopefully he's got a, uh, a player 
Alicia Parks, who's in the final currently against Caroline Garcia, has picked to win the tournament. Hopefully she gets the job done. She's one set to love up as we speak now. So hopefully she gets the job done there and we have a nice winner. Uh, you can remember to download on your preferred podcast provider. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on our YouTube channel at the Bet Rivers Network. And you can follow us at Because We Win, because that's what we do. That's what we've got Sean Calvert on it. We have the fantastic handicappers we have on the soccer, which are absolutely on fire across all the European soccer leagues. Uh, Sean, thank you very much for joining us. Me as always, I shall speak Pleasure. to you on Tuesday. Um, yes. Have a good luck and break down these matches. And hopefully if, if the players that we wanted to fade get through and we, we've got some good, I, this tournament, I've got a really good feeling about this tournament because the way you tell, you, you already come with an objective, you know, the players are going to travel. They might get through the first round, but second round, third round, we're going to get them beat. So I've got a really good feeling this week. We're going to make some money. Oh, I think so. Cordoba, as I say, has always been one for the for the underdogs. No, no one's won this in single figure prices yet, Cordoba. Um, so, as I say, I had two or three that I quite like in Cordoba, and uh, I've whittled it down to two. But yeah, I always love I always love this this start of the the golden swing. It, quite a few opportunities do exist, and let's hope we can take them. That's it. So there are the bets, there are the tips. Uh, be lucky, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.